0: Greetings readers, this is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with
1: us, because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far.
0: And welcome to the Recap Book Chat this is an exciting day because today actually this month um is our one year anniversary for the recap book chat Woo-hoo! So. <laughs> yay super exciting that can you believe we've been doing this a year no I can't you know I'm usually pretty fickle, so that's pretty good (laughs) and it's interesting because our first our very first episode was Frankenstein that was our first book that we did the podcast on and so and today um because we like to do kind of a I don't know what what genre would you call that horror or um suspense or kind of a Scary story. Scary. Third in third
1: yeah, grade. It's yeah. scary.
0: So today we are going to be recapping the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Lewis Stevenson. Who come to find out is a Scottish novelist who was which, actually born in Edinburgh.
1: Which I didn't know that because I, I guess because the story takes place in London.
0: Uh, which is,
1: uh, I don't know how that works in your mind, you know, but when you it takes place in London, you just, and we came off of Oliver Twist, which was in London. I guess I just assumed that uh, Robert Louis Stevenson was English, you know. I know. You hear like, it with a British accent. You
0: do, because it's in London, you, and I'm like, we should have been hearing it with a Scottish accent. And so this was published in 1886. So this is um, after Oliver Twist. It would be probably... I think let me look at my notes oliver twist was 1837 so this is a good 50 years after Mm -hmm. um so i felt like this was much easier to read than oliver twist what did you think
1: well i don't like it when it did have uh being mean to a child which is hard for me to take but it was a snippet and this book is all about struggle and, but the person struggling is an adult. So, yes, it's much easier to read. When, when you have a young child struggling, it's a hard to read, but it's good. But this one is about a man and struggling to, you know, um, reminded me of your brother a long time ago. He, get, he told me that saying, two natures beat within my breast, one I love, one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. Whoa. That's Absolutely, kind of a summary of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in a couple of lines. You know,
0: a hundred percent addiction seems to be one of the major themes of the book, and and addiction in that, uh, which everybody knows the the basic premise of. You know, so it's, there's no spoiler alert. Yeah, Everyone I mean, it's in does.
1: cartoons. It's yeah. in cartoons. I remember seeing this as a kid, but I hadn't read, in the book, for anybody who just wants to read it, you can read it in a day or so. It's just like 75 pages.
0: Well, it's a novella. I, yeah. I, I, I did not know, it. and he wrote it in like three days.
1: And then destroyed it, and his wife couldn't believe he destroyed it, so he wrote it again in three days, which was interesting. And here's the side note. My kids all love fun facts. In third and fourth grade, they'll put at the end of the paper, they write, fun fact. So here's a fun fact. So there's a, a person and he said, my mother read this to my brother and I when we were six and eight. And I thought, who in the world would read this to a six-year-old? And it was Stephen King. <laughs> and he writes the, in, the, in the Signet classic that we have, it also has Frankenstein, Dracula, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyden in there. Uh, he gives a glowing review. Of course, he loved this, but he did, in the book, he never said that he heard it when he was six or eight. I don't know which brother he was, but I was like, uh, you don't think words are powerful. Well, think again, because uh, when in our book where it says recommended by, I'm saying Stephen King. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so how many stars did you give it? Well, I, I was just doing that, and I'm, I went ahead and gave it five. For its genre, it's one of the best, I would say. Wow.
0: I I would have to agree. I think it it was very well written. And it was something that had never really been done at that point.
1: Uh, yeah, Robert Louis Stevenson was actually criticized for making it um, short. Because, you know, his other book was Robertson Caruso, which was long. And then most, look, look at all the books that are long. But he was criticized for I it just, being short.
0: I can't believe that he was criticized for that. And it's funny because you gave me a bookmark. And it's a really cool wooden Mark, and it's by uh, William Shakespeare. And the quote was, "Brevity is the soul of wit." And I like that because I think it's actually more challenging to say something of benefits in a small amount of time than it is to say something and take up. You know what I'm saying? Like to Mm -hmm. put to and and I think Robert Lewis Stevenson did a great job of saying a lot in a few pages. Yes.
1: Very pithy. And even if you read the introduction, you can tell that Stephen King in this book, he, he went on and on about Frankenstein and on and on about Dr. Jekyll. And he talked about uh, Dracula, but not to the extent that he did. Uh, he really, uh, you could tell his favorites were uh, this one. And I, I'm thinking kudos to you that you can do it in 75 pages.
0: Yeah. An intriguing
1: story that's held the test of time.
0: And I, I think it's um, applicable to everybody because like I said, addiction is one of the themes and because it's, it starts off, you know, the Dr. Jekyll, it's kind of, it's an experiment and all of this, but when, and, and, and so basically when he takes this elixir, it's the, it's kind of all of the bad side of him comes out and that's in the Mr. Hyde is all of the bad side. And so, but along with that is a feeling of power and of all these things and he gets and then it becomes an addiction where and and that's where I think it's so good that I I love what you said about the what you feed will dominate well when he really started um being Mr. Hyde more and more and more and then it it took over Mr. Hyde took over so it's like control it no so I'm like, so, yeah, that's so true for everybody. We can all take a yeah. lesson from that. What are we, fe- what are we feeding ourselves? Are we feeding the good side or the bad side?
1: And the narrator of the tale is Mr. Utterson, and he is a lawyer, and he's kind of like a milk toast. You know, he doesn't. He's just a regular guy, and he uses him to tell the story. And when you meet Mr. Hyde for the first time, he, he it's his. I believe Ingersoll's his cousin or something. They're on a walk and he tells him that he saw this guy and he trampled the child. And then he went back and trampled again. I mean, the, uh, and I think he noticed, uh, you know, his, his uh, cousin was more passionate than Utterson, but Utterson is like utterly Utterson is utterly amazed. So he kind (laughs) of tracks him down. And that's my, one of my favorite quotes was it he's going to find him. And he said, if he be Mr. Hyde, he had thought, i shall be
0: mr seek
1: (laughs) i thought that was funny
0: i love that line i thought that was a great line and yet so and he he has his so he's friends and dr jekyll um had dr jekyll had given uh, mr utterson because he mr utterson's a lawyer so this uh will basically saying if anything happens to me all my estate goes to mr hyde so he's he's very concerned about his friend Doctor Jekyll thinking Mr Hyde's going to try to, to bump him, him off. Yeah, to get yeah. his estate. So, um, which actually, you know,
1: uh, I, no, you would think that's a good friend. That's that's I think um, Utterson's redeeming quality because he's not a real uh, colorful fellow, but he is because it says he people like being around him, but he rarely smiles and you know I think he's just there but man is he loyal Mm because you know he really does not want Hyde to get everything and he and he goes to quite a bit of trouble to track him down and there you have a lot of contrast because like Jekyll's using the front of the house Hyde uses the back of the house and that kind of sets up the division uh you know Jekyll goes out and in the daytime dr jekyll and and mr hyde goes out at night in the shadows and all that Mm -hmm. so really portrays the division of good versus evil but i don't know if there's a book that that gives a clearer picture of the contrast and how bad if you feed on that and that's what you're reading and watching and all that it will take you over and you won't even realize that it's happening
0: uh, that's a great point I didn't even make the connection of the front of the house to the back of the house but you're right like and, and his looks too it's you know he says he he shrinks in stature
1: when he becomes, when uh, he becomes Hyde. Mr.
0: Hyde yeah. uh,
1: rarely do we see pure evil like 100% evil so in, um, in Dr. Jekyll he said this about it all human beings as we meet them are commingled out of good and evil And Edward Hyde alone, in the rank of mankind, was pure evil. This is what Stephen King quoted. Mr. Hyde was pale and dwarfish. He gave an impression of deformity without any nameable malformation. He had a displeasing smile. He had borne himself with a sort of murderous mixture of timidity and boldness. And he spoke with a husky, whispering, and somewhat broken voice. All of these were points against him. But not all of these together could explain the disgust, loathing, and fear with which Mister Utterson regarded him. Isn't that good?
0: Mm, that is good. Yeah. So, I, he did a really good job because everyone who meets Mister Hyde hates him instantly, and it's like, how is that possible? But it, he just that quote that you said. We there's a little bit, you know. We there's that struggle, like. Okay, and kind of what you said it's what we feed you see more of so if you're feeding into the good you're gonna see more of the good but there's still bad that we have to deal with and wrestle with and, and keep and say no I'm not going to feed that side or whatever and so it's like there's that struggle and but with Mr. Hyde there was no good so when people and for and they didn't know why it, but when mr anybody met Mr. Hyde they had this instant hatred of him they were repulsed he was, yes repulsed. yes yeah, he was repulsive And that was fascinating for him to be able to describe that. I thought it was very
1: cool. I mean, and and go back to keep saying that it was only in 75 pages. So, I mean, this it's amazing. Uh, I had this quote uh, in each of us, two natures are at war, the good and the evil. All our lives, the fight goes on between them and one of them must conquer. But in our own hands lies the power to choose. What we want most to be, we are. Mm. Wow. I mean, to me, Robert Louis Stevenson, he was deep. He was very deep. Super deep. deep.
0: Yeah. So let they, me ask you this. So that that quote you just read. So who do you think won, Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hatt at the end? Who do you think conquered?
1: Mm. Well, I mean... Uh, at least dr jekyll knew what was going on at the end so i would think for him to finally get it he didn't get it for ever so i would think maybe uh, i i'd like to be like pollyanna and say dr jekyll the good
0: i i would say the same too i would say because i think if mr hyde won he would be rampaging and killing people
1: mm-hmm. or more people but i will people. say it was close it, it was he, not an easy, I saw somebody with the t-shirt says the struggle is real, but Jesus is too. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, the struggle w- was real. And yes. oh, I, I had a cool word for, to describe Hyde. They call, they call him a troglodyte. I thought that was a cool word. It's fun to say, go ahead and say it. Troglodyte. Yeah. Troglodyte was a primitive man. So in stature, he's kind of like, And it's base, carnal guy going, you know, (laughs) know? but he's a troglodyte. So if I'd had this when I was a kid, my brother, I would (laughs) have called him trog. Hey, trog,
0: come on, trog. Get out of my way, troglodyte.
1: (laughs) I'm reminded of one of those family tie shows when uh, Alex Keaton said, "Uh, beep, beep, higher primate coming through. (laughs) (laughs) So he was a
0: troglodyte. Uh, that's, well, I'm glad you pulled that out of there. I missed that. So thank you. Troglodyte. That makes sense though. That makes sense now that you say that.
1: Well, you know, never before. I mean, I thinking as, uh, when, when you have, if you don't feel tired and we used to, have, we had a preacher, Howard Swinney, he was, uh, he said, if you don't feel tired, if you don't feel like you're, uh, being attacked and everything, he said, you might be on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> because uh. it is there is a battle. Mm-hmm. There's a battle. And you know what's interesting too is uh I so well there's different there's different things that are written about it, but one thing is that um Robert Lewis Stevenson had a dream and when he woke up he was inspired to write um scenes that ended up being in, in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And the other inspiration they say may have come from he had a friend who was a french teacher named uh eugene something um and who actually murdered his wife and it was in like oh, 18- 1878 so like 10 years oh. or so before the the this all came out uh the strange you know oh, dr robert. Jekyll and Stuart, but he was convicted and executed but it and it said that but robert louis Lewis stevenson was there through the whole thing through the trial And the prosecution, and like so, he saw this all unfold. So he
1: he really was Mister Utterson. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that makes a lot of sense. The way why he told it, the way he told it, from a friend's point of view. Oh, that is interesting. Very interesting, sis.
0: And they said that like the his friend, the French teacher, who had actually murdered his wife, when things were being presented about the case, like he's almost repulsed by him the guy that actually did the murder, you know what I'm saying? So he's, mm-hmm. I think that got him thinking like, he doesn't know what he did. Yeah. Like there's two sides of the, or like there's two sides of my friend, you know, like, and how is that? And so I think that would kind of inspired the story too. Well, so, well,
1: you know, you said you thought, you thought the theme was addiction. I thought it was duality. And I think duality is everywhere. And that was what I was taking about. You need to be real. And you need to be genuine. You need to be in the present. And you don't need to try to be what you're not. You don't Mm -hmm. need to try to be two people. You need to, you know, and I know these two creatures are fighting. um, You know, you're good and evil. Kind of like those old cartoons. Really, the cartoon people had it going a long time ago. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? You can't... I think we should be the same this. um, Yeah, our preacher said you should be the same to every group of friends you have or every you should be the same at the grocery stores that you are at work or church be the same everywhere. So that's why I treat everyone like a third grader. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Because really, you need to be the same. And that's what Dr. Jekyll wasn't. He was a he was a charitable man, but it wasn't real. He didn't like being charitable. You know, there was a part of him that hadn't come to know, you know, his identity, that duality, that was the problem.
0: I can see that. I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I still think addiction is one of the themes. I think no. the duality oh, I think it could be more than one because and for because so he got he got to a point with the doc with Mr. Hyde, where he's he, he it scares him into there's there's something that happens and he's like, oh, no. Like, I don't like that. And so he said, and so he swore it off. I'm not going to partake of this elixir anymore. And, and for two or two months or a month, that's when he, he started feeding the good side and, and donating to charities and doing on that, really focusing on that. But he went back to, he could, he only did that for so long. And then he went back and, you know, fell off the wagon, so to speak
1: the bad had become so strong stronger than i mean but so that's an
0: addiction you know it's like he he that couldn't overpower it yeah
1: and this is a good quote from this is a mr utterson quote oh my poor harry jekyll if ever i've read satan's signature on a face it is on that of your new friend Woo. Mm. yeah that's when he first saw mr hyde and then yeah. you, you just see that, um, he, I mean, really, Utterson is really uh, dedicated because Mr. Poole, the uh, butler to um, Dr. Jekyll, comes and gets him and he goes over there. I mean, he is
0: a dedicated friend. <laughs> I know. Like when he's, so when the servant comes and, and tells him he's scared and he, he wants him to go with him, I'm like my thought would be let's call the police (laughs) i know that never came up but you know you had said in oliver twist how people
1: kind of handle stuff for themselves yeah they did yeah and so So, i guess this is still kind of
0: going on but i mean it was i'm like yeah i'm like no thanks i don't want to go in there let's let's call someone else but he does and they go and they have to break down a door and like it's it's a big to trying to trying to solve who, like, who is this Mr. Hyde? They thought Mr. Hyde killed Dr. Jekyll because they, they're, they're piecing together what's going on. So they think, and they haven't seen Dr. Jekyll in a while. So they're thinking Mr. Hyde killed him to get the estate. So,
1: And actually the reader figures out, I think that's another reason it's been popular because the reader figures out way before Mr. Utterson that they're the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Way before Mr. Utterson, it was his friend that said this handwriting's the same. Yes, his handwriting came from the same person. I mean, he, he had to have an absolute thing, but the reader's already saying, "Oh my goodness, what if that's the same person?" You know, and everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, it and it there's another man, Doctor Lanyon, who is in there who had dealings with Doctor Jekyll, and then they kind of parted ways, and uh, he's also a a player in the in the story too, but just when he saw he saw Hyde transform into um Jekyll and it Hyde,
0: disturbed him so much he pretty he much died. died later that week or something he yeah. was so disturbed by it and see that seems like it would I think I would be relieved
1: when Hyde, Hyde left and Jekyll appeared I was thinking as when I'm reading that and I'm thinking wait a minute if you saw anybody change it within your in your in your area you would keel over probably yeah too. But he did at least become the good one. Yeah. But I think that when um, the whole deal, uh, his servants were scared and everything. And, and Mr. Poole had worked for him with, for him for 20 years. Yeah. So kudos to the, you know, he was real
0: loyal too. Yeah. I'm like, I know. I'm like, he, i am I'm like, I'm be searching for, I'm, Mr. Anderson, do you need some assistance? Yeah. <laughs> Let me come over there. He seems
1: like he'd be a good guy to work for. Her. But I just think that it would be hard to because um, he, he just kind of withdrew from people and he was a little short because I think he there there's probably a midway point when, um, you know, he he I don't know when he didn't he, he realized he's not in control anymore. I think. What did you say? You had a really good quote about control. What was that
0: that you from the book?
1: Not, not from Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. It's from when you're oh. doing with the boys.
0: Yes, I'm. I'm doing um, a book. It, it's about uh, discipling your kids, um, and uh, the quote was, "Control is often um, anger that knows how to lead." Or no, thought, no, I'm not. Not anger. Sorry, fear. I, yeah, I butchered that. So control is often uh, fear that knows how to lead. So I was like, "That's true." And I never thought of control that way that that's someone who's fearful but knows how to take lead. And so, because you're afraid to, afraid if you're not in control, something bad's gonna happen or it's not gonna work out, you know? So, I thought
1: that was poignant and it went with it because really that's all it is, is Dr. Jekyll feels like he's not in control. He takes the potion or whatever it is and then he feels like he's in control. But what is that really? Fear. Mm. What drove that
0: whole thing? It was fear. Mhm.
1: But he, and then what?
0: ironically out. he ends up not being in control. Yeah. The more I, I'm kind of thinking
1: though, the more you think you are in control, the less control cuz those people who try to control their kids and do every single thing and they're the helicopter parents like that they really don't even know their child Mm -hmm. so the more control you think you have the less you actually have Mm -hmm. because look at Hitler he thought he had absolute control he killed himself
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm because he
1: really I mean his own people were turning against him
0: Mm -hmm. so I'm just thinking
1: that when you said that quote I was like oh my goodness so really Hitler was afraid it was fear
0: I know and and that's just crazy to look at it but it's like almost we should, it's almost like that's the, that's the, that's the flag we should see. Sometimes we don't see it, but uh, almost like when someone is super cocky, well, that should automatically tell you they have a lot of insecurities,
1: you know? Yes. It's like, <laughs> Didn't you? what did you say about people that drive a great big truck or something, a, but a pickup or something you said?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Like those it's huge kind of... jacked up pickups. You're I'm like, when I see that, I'll like think, oh, like I feel sorry for it. Cause I'm like. You struggle with insecurity, like you don't you don't feel very confident in who you are. Like, I mean, that may not always be the case, but in my experience, that's true. Like, there's this, it, and it's like you're right. It's it's just like that control going back to control. A lot of that is on is fear or insecurity or something like that. And it's it's. I don't think we know it.
1: We don't even see it. I mean, we just read the the um, poem um, Casey at Bat. Which, uh, fun fact, he uh, only worked two hours on that, and he got paid $5 for that. And that is in the same time period that this was written in 1886. Really? So I thought, just thought that was kind of funny. In that, um, it, it, and he had been bullied by somebody named Casey. So I think that's, but when Casey saunters up to bat, you know, he's in control, or so he thinks. He lets the first ball go by. That ain't my style. And then he let, and the, and the crowd is just like livid and they attack the umpire, not Casey, you know, and it was, it was a strike. And then he lets the next one go. So he's still thinking he's in control. And then when he finally swings, he gets out. (laughs) So when he finally decides he's going to swing and then my kids love that point because the last stanza, says somewhere bands are playing somewhere hearts are light, but there is no joy in Mudville mighty casey has struck out or something like that and they just think that's so funny because he was going to save the day you know mm. that's a great connection well i just think sometimes if we have this uh, it's kind. Of, let's call it an illusion that we're in control that's kind mm-hmm. of what it is probably an illusion you know because you know i remember my first year of teaching that was an illusion that i was going to uh I'm in control. It's my classroom. Well, when you get in there, uh, you're not in control. They mm-hmm. People tell you what to do. You 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 really, you're a cog in a wheel and you want to do the best you can, but you've got to realize what, and I think a lot of politicians were, might've been honest at the first of it. And when they get in there, then they realize how little control they actually have.
0: I, mean, it, uh, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Like, I, I think a lot of politicians go in with good intentions and then it's just, it's a swamp and then you can't, sw- you can't swim. It's like, you just kind of, you're in there. So,
1: well, yeah. Cause I talked to a parent this week and um, she was saying she's a, she's also a teacher. She's just like, there were 10 teachers doing this last year and now we have four. So they did they, I don't know what, if they didn't hire anymore or anything and they're basically just telling them teach to the test and I said that is sad to me so yeah. you know you think that why don't the teachers do this why don't the coach do that why don't I? well really they're in a limited area but when you let that control go I think this is good advice for anybody let that go and let's learn together and let's guide ourselves and do the best we can and give grace mm-hmm. give grace to people and I'm I, I want to be like Mr. Utterson because I feel like I'm probably not uh as brave as he was because at the beginning he was just a good solid uh devoted to reasoning you know he's a lawyer and when i first started reading the book i'm like oh great we gotta we gotta go from a lawyer's point of view it's <laughs> gonna be real legalistic and stuff like that but it wasn't it no. wasn't it was it was really he he was kind and um caring and well let's say dedicated we just read yeah. charlotte's web he's right up there with charlotte
0: in loyalty <laughs> I he did. Mr. Utterson did really good. He did, and you know what's we were talking about. I think control is is could be put together with pride from what you're saying, and like what, oh. and then you said learning when you let go of that, it's almost it's humility because learning takes humility that because is learning is saying I don't know it all. I, I I need to learn, and so it's like so maybe there's something with pride along those lines too. Well, maybe that's um, the big difference between Utterson and Jekyll. Jekyll was not humble. That's very, very he's well. he's a doctor.
1: Played. He's a doctor. Yeah. I, I can fix this with a potion. I can do it. Oh, that is very good.
0: And what was interesting about the potion or the mixture that caused all this. There oh, was that a, is funny. That, funny. There was a certain, so he had ordered in bulk whatever this element was that he needed. And, and then that's what created Hyde well um or it, it, that helped him get back to jekyll i think or something i can't remember now but well, anyway, it was an
1: important ingredient in the transformation in
0: the transformation and when he ran out of the bulk he sent his man pool to go get some more but it didn't do the same thing and he kept saying this is not pure i want the pure stuff that i had before well apparently the stuff he had before was not, it, it was an
1: impurity that caused it to, to but he work. does it,
0: yeah it was some unknown impurity and so it couldn't be replicated and so thus he was in a pickle yeah and he couldn't so, transform it back to to Jekyll which another interesting factoid about the the name Jekyll
1: fun bad. Bad. I yeah, love fun bad. facts
0: <laughs> so Robert Louis Stevenson it, he had a friend that was a reverend whose name was Walter Jekyll. And so he borrowed the name <laughs> from his reverend friend. I'm like, oh. so if you're friends with Robert Lumer Stevenson, I'm just like, <laughs> look out, be, be careful. Like, I wouldn't want my name associated with Jekyll. Well, you, know.
1: It, you know, I think it's very clever. The, I think it's good to go on a name uh, to figure out how names came about. Cause that's interesting. Because in Robinson Crusoe, he names the guy that does everything for Robinson Crusoe Friday. And that kind of became a joke. The only guy who gets everything done by Friday was Robinson was Robinson Crusoe. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. funny.
0: We, okay, we we definitely need to add that to our list because I enjoyed. I think he's witty. He has. He's just mm-hmm. a really good writer. So he and he died early. Actually, he died of a stroke at the age of forty four. Oh so, my goodness! Yeah. You know, and Charles Dickens died early. So um writing takes a lot out of you apparently i did one one of my favorite quotes i wrote there's uh the secret to happiness is a small ego and a big wallet good wine helps yes good wine (laughs) helps too but that's not really a secret is it (laughs) repeat that again i'm gonna write that down the secret to happiness is a small ego and a big wallet good wine helps too but that's not really a secret is it well, I can't yeah. believe I missed that one. I love it. Uh, I do think
1: a small ego is very important. Yes. Because, uh, you know, in the Bible over and over, it talks about being content. If you have a big ego, you're not ever going to be content because you can't always be the center of the show having looked at all these kids through the years, the one that is unhappy is the one that wants to be the center of attention all the time. Cause you Mm -hmm. can't be the center of attention all the time.
0: Good point. Yeah.
1: Very good point. Small ego. We should go for that. Kind of say, okay, well, well, I'm going to say, Oh, wait a minute, guys. Hide. Hide's coming out. We got to go. We got to be, let's dwell on the other, but I'm thinking used to, I think the you could see in the cartoons i don't know if we could find one of those but the cartoons man it was just like a transformation and i always wondered how could the same person look so different yes and then when you read the book you kind of get it it, it you, you i guess you're going through it or something but As a kid, I was thinking, well, that's the same person, but he doesn't look anything like the same. But his Mm -hmm. face is all contorted and twisted. And, you know, so basically, um, dark, darkness. I mean, he's just Mm -hmm. all, if you you Google that and you see the pictures, apparently there's been like a plethora of movies. A plethora. I I don't know if I'm even old enough to watch the movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I got to point out too, just the fact that, this is so well-known, and, and like you said, there's been a, a countless number of adaptations, and, and so we knew the story, and I'm like, I feel like that's a testament to how good of a, of a writer he is, because we already knew the, what, the premise of it, and yet it was still intriguing and still, even though knowing what was going to happen and knowing what it was about, it was still a good read, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. And I was thinking when I was
1: reading this, I thought, why are they not reading this in high school? This would be a great high school book. Yes. I mean, it even starts in October and we started it in October. I don't know if you caught that. I said, Mm -hmm. how cool. I love it when that just kind of accidentally happens. But I said, oh, my goodness, it even started in October. So for a spooky tale of, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it is spine tingling and Um, goose bumping and all that it is it has it because he describes Jekyll so I mean he describes Hyde so well that it, it it you have a mental picture
0: yeah it's disturbing but not not where it's like gonna bother you forever it's just but it's a good it's a good read it's a really good read I highly recommend it so well it said that uh
1: Dr. Jekyll I quoted somebody it says human soul battleground for uh, struggling with between angel and fiend and it says um that the fiend becomes unleashed so what is what what is happening though if you think about it if you were totally unchecked or like mm. like um you're reading the book um unoffended under unoffendable right yes ma'am well, in there, he tells a story uh, um, to his children. He said, I know I'm pretty sick about telling this story. And it's about two dogs and, and they have real cute
0: names. Have you read that part yet? I did. And I actually told my kids the slave story. <laughs> oh, what was the name of the dogs? Um, well, Snowball was one and I, I, I forgot the other. So I just made up and I said Summer.
1: So, okay, but... so
0: why don't you tell the story? Because it fits unchecked. So, basically, it was, there's two dogs and then and their master, and they were able to roam free and um, pretty much all day, but at, in the evening, the master would call them in for time to eat and go to bed, and, and he would call them, snowball, summer, I can't, I can't remember the other one's name, we'll call it summer, yeah. and they would come, and he would feed them and love on them and put them to bed, and, but one day, he called them, and a bunny passed through uh, in front of them. Well, Snowball just ignored it and went, went to the master who was calling them. And, but Summer thought she was tempted. It was like, ah, I really want to chase that rabbit. But she said, you know, I, I really need to obey my master. And she kept going. And so, but then it happened again the next day. And they were out playing all day. The master calls them, Summer, Snowball, time to eat. And this time, Summer makes the choice to uh, go with the temptation and chase the rabbit. Snow, uh, snowball goes home like she's supposed to and summer's chasing the rabbit and the master's calling uh summer 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 finally she comes and anyway this continues on and it becomes a bad habit where then summer she loses her freedom privileges of roaming through the fields during the day and she has to be on a leash because the master uh, she, because the master couldn't trust her because she stopped listening to his voice and obeying well he decides to take him on a hike and they go like an hour or so away um, and they go on this t- hike through the the woods and before he can get the leash on summer summer bolts out of the the vehicle and is into the forest just running free thinking i'm free i'm free da, da, da. well you know the master's very deeply upset and snowball and the master they they're calling and calling and in summer she hears him but doesn't go back and then she keeps going 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 until she can't hear him anymore you know they search until it's dark and then they have to go and then that's the last they ever see of summer isn't that perfect for dr jekyll and mr hyde Mm -hmm. because so you know summer
1: played with it she played with it and then she succumbed to it Mm -hmm. and then there
0: was no going back and and then it affected her kids because then it says she she does end up surviving but it's, uh, it's a hard life and it's, you know, no one's really taking care of her or loving her, but she does end up having puppies. But then the puppies, she tells them stories of the good master, but they never know, actually know the good master. So it, it doesn't just affect her, her decision. Oh, it's
1: always generational. Mm-hmm. You know, you read another book or I, I think you, we didn't read it. We listened to it. So you don't really know how to describe that. But it was one of those books that things that happen to your girl there affect you because all of this is generational
0: yes that was uh i can't remember the name of that that was super interesting and it was even saying like people who um are like hypochondriacs they have no reason to be a hypochondriac but when they when they track their generational line um they're like i think a couple generations back there was someone who had watched their brother die or something like that something traumatic (laughs) of a disease And so that fear of disease was embedded and then it was passed down. And even though the person that actually in the modern world has no reason for that, like, you know, in that context. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just found that
1: super interesting.
0: We're all connected,
1: but Mm -hmm. I mean, how well, how great is it if kids can learn from um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or snowball and summer, if they can learn that freedom is good, but it needs to be restrained because you don't want to give freedom and with no restraint
0: because that's not true freedom it's not true freedom yeah that's it's not it's not what we think we want you know we we think we know what we want but uh, that I think that's another quote too like be and that was what that one of those books that you told me about that I have not read yet but you said it was good when the kids wish and they get what they wish for but it's not what they thought Oh, yes. The five
1: Children in It. Yeah, yes. By E.S. Nesbitt. Yeah. And it, it is exactly what they wish for. But uh, wonderful. But it's, well, it's not what they wanted. No. <laughs> yeah. So be careful. But yeah, if you're, if you're wanting a Halloween read, uh, go grab a copy of The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll
0: and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. And that's a wrap. And we'll see you on the next one. Ta-ta for now.